Hello and welcome to the Jeep Life Podcast, where we celebrate that Jeep life every day. And the and celebration of the life of the Jeep. Right. Uh, I don't, I didn't write this part down. No. So I have no notes on this, but I know that we're celebrating the Jeep life. Yeah, that's definitely happening. We're enjoying Jeeps. Oh yeah. We're creating content and about Jeeps. We wave to each other. Or we do the wave or we wave? I think it's interchangeable. Okay. If we're being honest. Okay. Uh, so I know that things sound a little different and we have a difficult, we have a difficult conversation to have here. And you've heard my voice on the show I've, recently. I believe you've heard mine as well. Yeah. So that I'm Eric. I'm Scott. And we're brothers. Uh, and we've both been on the shows separately, but not together. So here's the, we have some... It's, we have difficult it, is, news. It's it's tricky. I, uh, essentially, there were performance reviews. Right. Well, here's the thing. So what happened is the executive board, the executive board of directors, um, they they do an annual review. Right. And that you know, as you as you've heard Terry and Don and and Billy mention recently that. They we just completed the first year, right? And there was an the there was an market. audit. So there's an audit. Well. It's, sure. it's typical. It's, it's, it's normal. You know, that's what you do with any with any large conglomerate. This is normal, normal stuff. No it's big deal, normal, right? right? Well, from what I understand, and I don't have all of the information, but I have a good deal of the information, right? And the board of directors was a little concerned. There were there were I'm, what's allegations legal said we had to say allegations, allegations. right so allegedly allegedly um well here let's get right to it right down to the brass tacks here right right down to it terry who is you know the ringleader of this operation right he's not he's on administrative leave right administratively right sure so it, it's not that he he's out of a job but it, there's a pending investigation sure sure there's been I think it's I think it listen, I think that it's important to mention that this that there was no nepotism involved and Lexi is still uh free and clear. Free and clear. She is done she has nothing been, wrong. Nothing wrong at all. Lexi Model is model employee for the Jeep Life Podcast. Sure. Um Terry, however, the, there's concerns with this Patreon thing that right. you might have just heard about. And that's that's really what kicked off this investigation is because you know there is the annual performance review and things were going good like sure but that triggered the audit but that triggered the audit and they they're like hey ter- from what i understand and this is just you know this is hearsay so i'm not allegedly well, it was like hey terry where's this money going and terry did he did he's he's having well, trouble producing the, well, the paper I think, trail i think the trouble and th- and this is and if I, if I can step in here for a second i G think parts are expensive i G, get it they are they are and and you know you got to do what you got to do but i think that the problem is in terms of documentation there wasn't a lot to go on i right. we, we were able to get some of uh what don refers to as the homework that he says he's always doing right and uh, that was concern i saw that and that's concern i have it in front of me right it's I don't, I don't, I don't know how to put this. It's, it's ramblings. I mean, is that what we want to call it? Is ramblings or? I mean, maybe Don, maybe it's just Don's shorthand and that's what he's talking about there's, when he's doing all his, in, his, there's formulas. There's definitely some geo correction brackets, but, but what else? It's a, the, a, what's concerning is the stick figures and this one graph just, it goes, it goes a normal, it looks like a normal graph, right? And then it just goes 
backwards. abruptly backwards and backwards. down for some reason. And there's a there's is that a that's a nuclear symbol. Yeah, that's a yeah, that's a new that's 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 upsetting. Um, that's and E equals M C squared. I mean, like I get it, Don. I that is a tr- that is a good calculation. Right, However, this is, it he's really trying. It seems like from this document that he's he's trying to attain more RTIs. Right. Yeah, it does just say formula for more RTIs exclamation point. Top life top secret Jeep Life podcast only. So we can So that's that's what we had to work and 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 then also there were some other notes that were confiscated. Billy's notes. Um Sweetheart of a kid. He he really is. He's he's got yeah. a heart of gold. Um his notes were basically um they were just hearts. Right, and we've asked for the documentation on this um engineering in quotes that he said he's right went yeah. to school for but like it's just butterflies on the on the notes and it's and hearts and butterflies are not that that's not so truly there was a, even, that's not even drexel there was an gray. audit of his day job and it turns out not an engineer he's a sandwich artist he works at subway but he wears an engineer's cap but not the, the same kind of engineer like with the right. stripes yeah they like the train engineer so sandwich artist that's why he has the air horn so maybe he's a sandwich engineer. That's maybe that's what it is. But anyway, we're concerned the the board of I'm sorry, the board of directors is concerned. They asked us to step in in the interim while the the investigation goes on. Bill and Don have been let go, and I think it's fair we can say that. Yes, that's that's right. Not going to not going to be working here anymore. But Terry is still pending investigation. So sure. we're, you know, we're the, we'll find out soon enough. Like maybe by next week we'll have an answer. Uh, maybe Scott and I will be back next could week. Be, I don't know. It could be, yeah. I mean, we've we've been we're, we've been on retainer this entire time, and in, in, in the yeah. unlikely event that something were to happen, really, we're like the cleaners. We're like the ringers. Sure, you know, sure. in case things go sideways, they bring us in. We take care of business. We were given literally no notice to put yeah. a show together. I mean, we you know we kind of talked about it uh, for about ten minutes before yeah. we went on air, and you know this is the best we can do. Here's the good news. We've got our friends at Tread Lightly. We called them and we said, hey, would you be on the show? So we're, we're going to talk to Evan today from mm-hmm. Tread Lightly. And we're going to talk a little bit about Tread Lightly. That is, the, that is the big bulk of the Jeep conversation we'll have. But uh, I, think, I feel like we're going to do, I'd like to do. We've got a product review. We've got a product review we can do. So we'll do that. And, uh, and what else would, ter- would Terry and, and the uh, other um, guys that shall not be mentioned? Uh, what I think there's, they- a, there's a pink helmet. I'm, I'm concerned that that might be a euphemism. <laughs> I was fine until you said pink helmet might be a, might be a euphemism. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That um wow. We're gonna cut that? No. I don't think we should cut that at all. I think that's valuable. <laughs> I was good until that point. I was fine. We were doing just fine. And then that happened. Uh, uh, my eyes are tearing up. That was terrible. Yeah. So anyway. Uh, <laughs> uh, all right. Yeah. We can come clean about it. Yeah. I think we're just, we're just filling in. We're doing a we're little just, takeover. Right. We're just doing, we're just doing a little takeover. The guys needed a break. Um, they've been so generating content and yeah. family stuff and, and coloring stuff. Coloring. I, but these notes, these notes are 100% real, I assure you. Yeah. Um, but anyway, um, but yeah, we love, listen, we are supporters and fans of the Jeep Life podcast. Yep. I was honored when they asked us to uh, to guest host this. Yeah. 
So, uh, so thank you, uh, thank you to the boys for letting us do that, and uh, I'm sure it'll be back to normal next week. Yeah. I wanted to keep this going on much longer, but I'm like <laughs> the pink helmet euphemism. That was they can't. I can't even. I can't uh, play this game anymore. No. Um, but yeah. So, uh, so anyway, right at the top of the show, let's talk about the Patreon. Yeah. Um, new thing on the, and they they mentioned on the podcast last week. Um, if you want to sign up to support the show, there is listen. There is actually no wrongdoing. Um, yeah that we know well of. i mean the jury's out yeah um Allegedly. but but anyway um you know you can go and sign up to uh to to be a patreon and there's three different levels there's the sport level which mm-hmm. is three dollars a month sure. there is the uh sahara level which is sahara five, for sahara. some for some people five dollars a month and then there's of course the rubicon sure. there should be a 392 or or something level right I think it, like, we're just going to call that the overkill level. Yeah. Some, there needs to be another level yeah. for, for more stuff. But, um, but anyway, so that, that's going to get you bonus content. Um, it's going to get you early advanced listenings to stickers, things. Stickers, which are good. Um, I think stickers, it was, yeah. uh, there was a three months at the Rubicon level gets you a hat. Yeah. And those hats are nice. Yeah. Right? I have one. I have one as well. Um, but yeah, so, so sign up and, uh, and support the show as, uh, as someone who listens to a lot of podcasts and I support uh, a few. Um, it's important, right? It is. I might be involved in another podcast too. It's possible. It's It's unquestionably though. This is the best Jeep. This is the premier Jeep podcast. 100%. It's the only Jeep podcast I listen to. Right. Currently. I've, I've tried, I've tried a few, Um, but, but anyway, uh, podcasting is not free. No. Um, and, and these guys are doing it, uh, out of the love of the game Mm -hmm. and it's coming out of their own pockets. So if you can help support the show, it just keeps getting better and better. And there's, there's much more stuff to come. They've got big plans for season two. Um, some of which I've, I've heard about and, uh, there's going to be I hope some the plans aren't us filling in all the time. Oh God, this is going to be, <laughs> cause then you will lose like, listeners. I feel fast. like a substitute teacher. Yeah. Um, but anyway, um, but yeah, support, support the show, uh, support yeah. the content and the independent creators that you like, um, uh, because that is how they're able to keep doing these things. And that's a, that's a real cool thing to do. And it, yeah. and it means a lot to them. So, so please do support the show jeeplifepodcast.com you can go there and and figure out all that information the patreon links there it's in the link tree it's in the show notes it's on any of the social media platforms you can get to all that information pretty easily you use the googly bits you could use the googly bits for sure uh so anyway scott uh tonight we were uh, we're gonna talk uh to tread lately like i said before uh so that'll be a good conversation in a little bit here um but i feel like we should try to keep the format of the jeep life podcast as best we can yes and i've listened to every episode I have to. You've listened to every episode, so I feel like we should be able to do this. I didn't listen to the one that you were on. I have what? I'm kidding. Are you for real? I'm kidding. <laughs> I didn't listen to that. One. Um, I was there. I lived it, Dottie. Yeah. Um, but um, how that's so hurtful. You're you're my brother. I and you did that. You, I did. I did listen to it. I'm just kidding. Um, but anyway, uh, we we could talk about we could do a, a product review, and I think we touched on it in both my episode. I don't know if you touched think, on it. In I don't yours. know if it was, I don't know if we talked about it in, in one of the episodes that I was on. I know Don, I has, talked about it. In yeah. Mine, you, you for did, sure. You did talk about uh, it, but you actually probably, while I've had it longer, you probably know more. Let me tell you about my brother. Um, he doesn't passively get into anything. So if he's interested in a thing, he spends a lot of time researching that thing. Right. And like probably too much, but, but it's probably obsessive. A little bit. It's definitely obsessive, but it's in a good way, right? Sure. It's an, it's in a, in a healthy, positive way. So what I'm saying is you probably know more about this product that we're going to talk about because we have it both on my Jeep and your Jeep. Mm-hmm. 
um, and that is the Core DRS sway bar. Sure. And that's from uh, G2 Axle and Gear. Yeah. Uh, I got it on, I put it on mine a couple years ago, like shortly after I got mine. I think it was right after the product launch, or was it even it before? Was before it was before the product yeah. launch. It was like right when it, right when right. it happened. Um, and I was already looking for a better solution. Yours, yours started out as a sport, and you, mm-hmm. had, uh, you had traditional sway bar disconnects on that, right? Yep. Yeah, anyway. I still do, actually. I right. still use the sway bar disconnects. But it's, uh, you know, my Jeep started as a sport. It's got, mm-hmm. it's got Ultimate Dana 60s now. Um, but, you know, with any, with any lift kit, if you disconnect the sway bar, let's right. do, it's, and it's I think, fine. And I think especially, um, and I, I think that the limitation that we discovered was, it's especially with, with lift kits that have a substantial amount of down travel. Right. And rock crawler kits, which we both have, we have very drastically different ones. Sure. Um, Eric has full coilovers and tunable shocks, and I have a, a more traditional X-Factor mid-arm set. Um, it, with any of those, you, it, your sway bar, whether it's disconnected um, or not, in the, in the case of the Rubicon where the center disconnect is, that can still actually be a limiting factor. And the way we discovered that for you... Is an RTI ramp. It is, yeah. It's all and the I, RTIs, and I. It's you know a couple of years ago at um at an event there was an RTI ramp there, and I I got as far up the RTI ramp as I could, um with the sway bar disconnected. Um, by the Rubicon, right? Bar. The Rubicon sway bar, the the traditional smart bar that comes with every Rubicon that was made from two thousand seven to you know two thousand eighteen and a half. Um, and it was still seeming to bind up at a certain point and and you texted me while you were at this event and you're like dude i it's not it's, i should be getting more out of this lift. right and you knew that you should be getting more right i mean i was still at at this at this particular event it was an overlanding specific event and i was right. already the highest score for the day um but i knew that it wasn't doing as much as it could um because i it seemed more along the lines of what my two and a half inch lift did right and so i texted you back immediately and i go Take off the end links. I think I think you said rip them shits out. <laughs> yeah, rip, I think that's, rip was, them end links out. Right. So so I removed the end links entirely, and um, you know we had enough because it's a Rubicon, there. so it has it has a fixed, yeah. non disconnect end link. Right. It's just you know. Bolt right. I mean, it was the, it was the rock crawler setup, but it was right. it was right. It did not have a quick pin to disconnect them, so we actually had to take bolts out and and put everything aside and strap it up. And I got six and a half inches further up that ramp to the point where my Right rear tire was on the, or my right front tire was on the ramp. My right rear tire was touching the back of the ramp. Right. When I was at the end, I pretty much maxed it out for my wheelbase. And at that point, I realized I had a limiting factor. And right. it was the sway bar. And listen, once you get used to having a Rubicon and being spoiled and having a push button, <laughs> yeah. and I, I, I bust Terry's balls about it every time we go out. I'm like, where's the button, Terry? I don't understand. What do you mean yeah. you need me to lean on something? What do you mean I you need a hammer? listen. God bless these guys that have lift kits and go off-roading and don't have Oh, man. The disconnects. last... It was, it was 20 degrees with a wind chill, and Terry's like, here, lean on my shit. Well, I, I'm like, Terry, just press the button. What are you doing? Well, Terry's got disconnects. He does. He has, yeah. he has JKS, and that's... I'm talking about, like, I've been on trail rides with dudes that are out there with a wrench, a wrench uh, and a socket taking their... And I'm like, dude, I can no, I buy no, you disconnects? No, like thank I, you. Like, come on. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so the sway, the, the core DRS sway bar from G2 is, um, I think at that point you had it, you already had it on there and, and, oh, yeah. and you'd already yeah. done the testing with the forklift and, and everything. And it I think is, I alluded to that in, in my episode that we tested it, Yeah, you know, 
there's a very there's a you did a very good video and as, yeah. as scientific as you can be lifting a jeep with a forklift yeah i think you proved that it is not a limiting factor no. with a jeep that has even more suspension travel than mine does right um and and the nice thing about it is also it it, it is actually a, a true dual rate sway bar yeah when you disconnect the large diameter bar with with more resistance you actually still have a smaller one in there that is allowing it to still handle the functions of a sway bar. So you don't have a lot of body roll when you go over, say like a, you know, a, a divot in the trail where your, your tire drops substantially. It doesn't make your Jeep rock back and forth aggressively, but it has enough travel without any resistance. Yeah. Um, and the point, the point of this conversation is to say, listen, I, you know, my JKU is on forties with big axles, coilovers, you know, remote reservoir and bypasses right sure and i've got very little, extreme i've got little sissy la la 37s no, no i'm not saying that <laughs> that's not what i'm saying dude what i'm saying is like so you've yeah. got 37s and a three and a half inch lift right right but this 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 disconnects this sway bar system will work on any lifted right. any lifted jeep sure I and mean, I, technically i, I guess a, a, even a non-lifted one Right, but, and I, I, there, that would be kind of overkill because of the price tag. To. Yeah, but, but I think that you get to a certain point where, um, my last Jeep was a 2008. It had a two and a half inch lift and 35s. I never noticed an issue with suspension travel with the factory Rubicon sway bar. Now, I dunked it in a few swamps and it stopped working, and I had right. to remove the motor and replace it with a a um an Evo No Limits knob, which worked great. Um, and I had that on there until I, I got rid of it. But with the new one, I noticed that there actually was a limitation and that's when it needed to be addressed. Yeah. And even if there wasn't a limitation, what's super sweet about it is that you press one button and it disconnects your sway bar for you. Sure. From inside the Jeep. And that's so, but the, so then I'm like a, like an idiot. I have locking hubs, so I got to get out. (laughs) Still got to get out, but right. But the, the, the point of this one is instead of it being an electronic disconnect, it's actually pneumatic. So You do have to have a compressed air source on board. Um, you use the the micro compressor from G2, which yep. works great. It only needs to have 40 PSI of pressure to right. actually operate. You could solar. nearly like run a tube into the caviar Jeep. And, yeah, I don't think. I don't know if that would work. I think Billy should try that. From an engineering standpoint, that would be just fine. Yeah, totally fine. Um, no, but but, I, uh, but you could use a small compressor. Yeah. I use a small compressor. Sure. And, and that it's a compressor that really. It only goes up to 100. And I, you wouldn't want to use that to inflate oh, tires. You'd be, there, tires. you'd be there all yeah. week. I all mean, I'm using it for is that. And then, you know, you could use it for, for lockers too. Air yeah. lockers, sure. Yeah, but yeah. I, I don't have But that's what lockers. that's what that's designed for. That one's designed to be minimal pressure, minimal flow. And its only job is to keep a manifold in, you know, pressurized enough to operate those solenoids. So right. for air lockers and stuff, they really only require 40, 50 PSI. If you have them pressurized to 150 PSI, the way like a an ARB twin would would do it it's going to actually cause those solenoids to bleed out all day long and that's right. why a lot of times when you, you're you're wheeling with guys that have air lockers you hear their compressor kick on and then shut off they really shouldn't my, be mine losing will, air mine will kick on once a day right and that's and that's because it's only at 100 but if you pressurize yeah. that to 150 which is still within the acceptable range you can yeah. actually put your finger on the vent on the bottom of those solenoids and feel them bleeding off residual pressure. no kidding all right so that. but the point is I run mine off of, off of a power tank and I turn it down to 50 PSI and, and never have any problems with it. So I've got power lines tank doesn't ever turn front. on. No, it doesn't. <laughs> it's totally silent. Yeah. No matter what, what temperature it is. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, 
it's it's two different ways to you know you you've got an electric compressor that pressurizes the system. I've got CO two pressurizing right. the same system, and it could also if I did add air lockers for whatever reason, I've got two open ports and I can screw yeah. in the solenoids. We've both two. got e lockers, so we don't. Right. That's not really right. come up, but um, I'd like to point out also like for you Rubicon guys. And there's a lot of Rubicon guys out there that, you know, there's a, that's a problematic system, that sway bar disconnect, besides the fact that it's limiting. Mm-hmm. Um, it also has, when moisture gets in there, it tears that system up. Oh, it's... Or it, you break yeah. the little rub, the rubber band that's on there. Not, not That's probably not... The dampener. Really yeah, damper. I mean, those those break, but I also had the, the mount that attached to the passenger side um, sway bar bushing mount. There's a little arm right. that sticks out, and that snapped off. Right, and so my point is that, like, if you're if you're if your Rubicon sway bar is messed up, right? Right. That's sixteen hundred dollars for 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 you know you have to buy everything. It's not right. just the motor. Just get the G two. Just get the G two. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Even, you could get there's stuff you can do like the manual disconnect that's made by Offer sure. Evolution Evo, right? Evo, they make yeah, it. Yeah. 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 Um, or you can just you know, just get this G two one. It's a nice. It's a really nice system. It's really nice. And there's actually three settings, and I've I've recently toyed with that um don and i were messing around with it at the uh at the school and he he did a graph um i don't know why he did a graph but he, he wandered off and did a graph for a little bit and then he came back and he said what you need to do is move the end link there's three positions i moved it more towards the front and now it has almost no body roll cornering it it almost handles i have a i have a drastic amount of body roll. i think you should try moving it up to the to the primary position i mean the further back on the arm it is the more um forgiving the sway bar will be as far as how much it limits your body roll when when the when the when the on road mode is engaged right? right so when i disconnect it's not going to be no it's I, not, not going to bind it. me it's still, anymore no it's still okay. going to do exactly it's going to handle exactly the same way you're used to but maybe kick that up just a little bit and see cuz it's not the difference between this system and and say like an anti rock, an anti rock is it's they say it's a dual rate. I, everybody that I've ever talked to has said yeah, it's not really as good as my factory one on the road. Right, it's a um, little floaty. Yeah, but off road it's great. Yeah. Well, the the whole point of this system is the handling characteristics are almost exactly like that of the factory anti roll yeah. sway bar, and then off-road it is not a limiting factor yeah it's like it is literally when we tested on mine we took the end links out completely and then not just disconnected them took them out and then tested it again it's this it was the same with the g2 as it was was. at 30 you had like 38 inches of up travel 38 or or 39 that's crazy yeah so like nearly the the height of my tire yeah um before before anything moved um and my hood was level by the way and if it works, if it works on his Jeep, it's going to work on yours. Yeah. <laughs> Trust me. So anyway, it's, so that's a long, long road to get to, to say that like that's, and I think I mentioned that as one of my, one of my favorite yeah. modifications to the Jeep, it aside really the rock slide engineering sidesteps that we talked about sure. later, because sure. like I'm old and it helps. Well, the, it's especially helpful to kids too. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so, so check that core, core DRS yes. by G2 Axle. G2 core DRS sway bar. Yeah, look it up on YouTube. There's a great video with my Jeep in it. You can check that out uh, mm-hmm. from Quadratech. So, um, yeah. So, anyway, there's our, our product recommendation. What else do we have to do? Uh, we weren't given any materials. There was no script. I, this no, is, there was no creative direction. This is, un, this is unworkable. Um, it is unworkable. And uh, and I'll be honest. I just I would really like to get to the conversation with Evan. How does that yeah, sound? That sounds good to me. Good dude. All right. All right. So, we have a guest on the show this week. And uh, this is a guy... Who I've known for a, I don't know, man, maybe close to a decade. 
No, maybe no. not quite that long. Seven, eight years. Uh, and his yeah, name's Evan, years. and he works for an organization called Tread Lightly. What's up, guys? So, hey, uh, nice so to talk to y'all. Yeah, so Evan's based out in uh, in Utah, in the Salt Lake area. And that's where Tread Lightly is based out of. Uh, but Tread Lightly does um, does stewardship projects all over the country. And um, I'll let Evan tell us a little bit more about that. But, you know, they're not just, they didn't just come around recently. They've been around for 30 years. So just like Quadratech, 30 year anniversary this year, which is kind of cool. But yeah, so Evan, tell us a little bit about uh, maybe your start at Tread Lightly and well, give us the history of Tread Lightly and then maybe how you got started with them. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So Tread Lightly, we're, we're a national nonprofit. We're created to, you know, have safe and sustainable public land access, mostly for motorized recreation. You know, I believe, and I think most of the staff believes that those are the pathways into all the other types of recreation that we enjoy. So it's vital that we protect motorized access, um, you know, and that we can get there and enjoy the other types of recreation we want to, or maybe we just want to go wheel around. Yeah. So that's what Tread Lightly is about. You know, we try to find partnerships that want to affect public land, um, you know, positive change in public lands for infrastructure or, or just for opportunities um, for all types of recreation. So, yeah, yeah, I've worked with them for a while, just about a decade. I think this is my ninth year. And yeah, Eric and I, I think we met the first year I went to Easter Jeep Safari as a, as a employee of Tread Lightly. I guess that yeah. sounds weird to say, but yeah. And we met on and, a work uh, project. We just, yeah. Yeah. We met on a work project. The first one I did and I wheeled a stock Rubicon at Poison Spider yeah, you did. up the waterfall and everyone's like, what the heck? Yeah, rental. You know, at that. I think we all became Stuck. friends. Yeah. It was like yeah, an was enterprise rental. That. It wasn't even oh, like really? no, it wasn't even like an outlaw, oh, like a good rental. It was like an no, enterprise. No, you, you got the you got the extra stock. coverage though, right? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. You oh yeah. But uh but man, it was fun. But yeah, so Evan, so and Evan touched on a little thing that I wanna highlight here. And Scott and I were just talking about this earlier, is that we're based on the East Coast. There's not a lot of public land as it's known out west on the east coast so public land is just that it's land that's owned by the public it's managed by uh agencies like the blm the forest service um i'm sure there's land management that is yeah and the forest service you know and then state state municipalities county could possibly also have public lands and opportunities and then you know i think say east of denver right we kind of get into park country that's what i call it so yeah, yeah right in a parks lot of and... parks. Yeah, so it's private, you know, but has public land access. I think that's yeah. that's a place we treat the same as you know, the Bureau of Land Management's you know area, you know, Moab or whatever. Right, and I think the biggest thing, and you know, the the deal is, and why Tread Lightly exists in my the, in my view of it, and maybe if I'm wrong, Evan, correct me, but it's to protect those public lands that we enjoy recreating on, whether it's hunting, fishing, wheeling. Uh, side by sides, right. any of that stuff, hiking, even, you know, right. there, you, you know, there's a lot that goes into protecting those lands and, and keeping motorized access, especially open in those lands, because there are always groups out there that don't want motorized recreation going on and tread lightly right. literally are the boots in the ground in these towns and in these counties and these public land meetings going like, no, like the, the people with Jeeps or, or side-by-sides have a right to be there too. And then they, they really fight for it to be legal for us to wheel there. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, the, a good way to think about it is we, you know, we're kind of the preventative maintenance of say like a lobbying group, right? 
So like if, if things get out of hand and say recreation opportunities are limited because of mismanagement, which could put, could potentially happen out. I'll, I'll see that happen very often, but it could, um, there's groups out there that, that take that to Washington, D.C. You know, Tread Lightly is the embodiment of our community and us taking care of the resource together so that we have an opportunity to all recreate the way that we want to. You know, we don't litigate or lobby um, or anything like that. You know, this is about the community and grassroots and about, you know, clubs and and just people who care about the places that they love, you know, coming together and and affecting positive change in those places, you know, and, and I was like, and tread lightly is, and I think of it this way is, you know, it's national reach, but it's kind of local in scope. You know, we're trying to do things at the local level and it's important for tread lightly to, you know, to work nationally. Right. And not just here in the West where there's a ton of public lands. Um, and that, you know, it is true. There's a ton of public lands here, but the majority of people are, are East. Right. Well, and so yeah. it's important that they, we all have a good public land ethic. Sure. Yeah. I mean, and, and, and this is yeah. something that we that we noticed uh, this year. We we did a lot of traveling in um in West Virginia. There are a lot of state forests and um like wildlands and uh, places out there that are there's dispersed camping. There's no rules. There's not necessarily. I shouldn't say no rules. That's not true at all. Um, but there are there's not a lot of enforcement. So it's a a lot lot of wide open. Yeah. It's a lot of wide open space, uh, low population density, beautiful, beautiful places, but they're, especially because of COVID in the last year, it seemed like there were a lot more people out there that didn't really know, um, how to responsibly use the land, um, how to, you know, really avoid the sensitive areas and, and wetlands. And, you know, they, they thought it was fine to just go hog that out with their, you know, their full size Duramax and, and it was it was totally fine to leave all the beer cans right. in the campsite, and that's not that's not okay. And that's you know, unfortunately, with the the influx sure. of people that you know if they don't understand that if everyone did exactly what they were doing, it would be a huge problem. So they shouldn't do it either. That's that's kind of the line you need to look at, right? But there's also like there's Absolutely. a delicate you know, and I think that- there's a delicate balance too on that uh, educating people. So like from our from our side of it, you know we're just dudes out there enjoying, you know, wheeling and stuff like that. Uh, you included. And, and you got to go right. like, there's a, there's a fine line between getting confrontational with someone and getting educational with someone trying to teach someone like, Hey sure. man, like Drop you, some knowledge, right? You just got yeah. like, Hey man, don't do that. Cause then this trail is going to get closed because people are treating it like shit, but then you don't want to get into a situation where you're arguing and fighting with someone. So like, you got to kind of figure out how to do that and tread lightly Especially. as a way to do that. Especially out in public lands, you know, you don't know yeah. what's going on and who you're walking up on and everything. And it's not worth, you know, them, them wheeling up some trail that's a user generated trail, um, you know, isn't worth your life. Right. And some, some people, you don't know what you're walking into, no. you know. And so I think that being cautious and, and understanding like number one priorities that we get home safe right on any wheeling trip or on any tread lightly project, you know, or event that we're doing. That's always the number one priorities. Everyone comes home safe. And it should be that way when we're educating people too. And the best sure. way to do that, you know, is to kind of come from a place of friendship and kind of, and, you know, maybe common interest. Well, we all right? want, we Which all want it to be there. Really yeah. good about that. Yeah. We all want that to be there for, you know, for recreation for us and for our kids and for our grandkids. And it's, you know, like there's a lot of stuff in the Northeast where the, where the population density, like up in Maine is a little bit higher, but not quite as high as it is in, uh, New York and Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and places like that, where there's 
there's multi-use trails, but they're on private land where in the winter they let people run their snowmobiles there. And those same people might have Jeeps or side-by-sides that they'd like to run um, on these same lands that they've been fine with going up there in snowmobile season, but the, the landowners don't want that. And they get people that, you know, run their Polaris, uh, you know, up the side of this mountain that really isn't um, going to have much life left in it if they keep doing that. And then they get confrontational yeah. with the landowner and they just close it. They just close it right. entirely. And then everyone loses access to that every season. And, you know, it's, it's happening more and more, especially with the, you know, all the people that are attracted to this hobby because of how much fun it is. Right. And, and that's why it's so important that people also educate themselves. Right. And that, 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 that opportunity is accessible when they're going to places. So that's one of the functions tread lightly tries to, tries to play is give, give agency and, you know, places that maybe are allowing public land access to off-road educational pieces. So people can understand how sustainability works and, you know, not everybody comes into it with, you know, like me, I kind of work in, I work in the industry and I work in public land. So I understand all those pieces and how they work together, but the normal off-roader that just bought a Jeep or bought a side-by-side this year, you know, and this is their first endeavor into what public lands are. Um, you know, we can't expect them to start with all the knowledge and they, they need to have some opportunity to learn what that is, you know, sure. and maybe that's talking to them at their campsite about the beer cans or, you know, about where the trail really is, you know, and yeah. you, you got to gauge those opportunities and take them too. And that's our responsibility too, is the community who, who I think of myself as a steward of public land and steward of off-road opportunities. Yeah. Um, and definitely you know, so the education my responsibility too to try to talk to people and try to be an ambassador for our sport and a good ambassador and not you know not cause enemies for us too right it's easy to get confrontational with people who maybe don't don't recreate the same way as you sure and th- those conversations can kind of go south and it's important to showcase yeah. the positive parts of what off-road the off-road community is which you know i just want to say and all the work that we do, that's who shows up to our projects, you know, and these are projects that, that affect all types of public land recreation. And so, yeah. and I mean, and we've been on, you know, work projects. I've been on work projects with you, Evan, out in Moab during Easter Jeep Safari, where we were putting up fencing or cleaning up something. And like people came by and got aggressive uh, about right. what we were doing. And they're like, you can't put these signs up man this is you know how are you this is not tread lightly you're just putting up these signs that look like shit blah, blah, blah. you know what i mean and i saw right. and to watch evan and the staff from tread lightly diffuse those situations is incredible oh wow like they are so good at like calming people down and getting them to understand it and that's why i think tread lightly is such an awesome organization for that kind of stuff yeah and and so so i mean since this is the intro to tread lightly i mean that's what we're really covering in this in this segment can we, can we, since I know that, you know, the tread principles, tread is actually an acronym. Can we go over those, those aspects of it? So yeah. that people maybe yeah, have sure. an idea. So tread's an acronym. It's a big part of our education piece. Um, you know, it's something really, I think most off-roaders should know and use this or, sure. or even re- just recreational people in general. Um, I think it's a good kind of path to live by and, and the, the basis of our ethics. So, so T stands for travel responsibly. Um, Sorry, my dog's barking. Uh, B sound. Stands B stands for, for your dog barking like a. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, guys. It's all good. We uh, all have dogs. We all love dogs. Yeah, yeah. yeah they they're going wild out there. I'm not sure what's going on. But uh, sorry, guys. So T stands for travel responsibly. R stands for respect the rights of others. 
E stands for educate yourself. Um, A stands for avoid sensitive areas and D stands for do your part. So, you know, you can kind of weave that into all of your, all of your recreation, sure. um, you know, and, and really kind of at a base level or at, you know, kind of a real macro level. Um, I think it's really a, a nice, con- concise way to talk about outdoor ethics. And it, it is. Especially it's, from it, a motorized perspective, you know, and it kind of crosses some boundaries too. Sure. I think really well, um, you know, for guys like us, I think a lot of times we're kind of recreating. I, I kind of call it like interface, like it's urban interface areas, you know, urban wildland interface. Like we're not, we're not, we're on motorized trails. Yeah. You know, we're not in wilderness areas, right? We're in motorized areas. So it's remote, but we, we have this access and it's, it's very cool and important. And if that motto fits within that recreation community, well, it is. And I think, I think people, um, you know, when they, when they get further out in the areas where there's less people, they kind of think, well, no one's watching. I can do whatever I want. And it's not about, it's not about who's watching. No, it's not. And, but that's, but that's the thing. I mean, we, we, we grew up with our, (laughs) with our father and our grandfather. They, they, taught us that like if everyone did something negative like you know if it's okay for you to drive across that lawn then it's okay for everyone to drive across that lawn and if everyone drove across that lawn there'd be no lawn left and i mean that's like a small way to think about it but when you apply that little rule to you know is it okay if i throw a cigarette butt over in this corner well i mean if every single person that smokes outside throws a cigarette butt that somebody's gonna have to clean it up right you know or it's gonna get more out of hand or Or even driving off trail like hey like that the trail goes here. Well, I don't like the look of that obstacle. So I'm going to, I'm going to go around and like, if there's no bypass, make my own trail. But like, guess what? Like you do that once, then the dude behind you does that. And then they see tracks there and they just think it's the trail. And like, and then all of a sudden, like the trail is now 30 feet wide and it's, 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 it's detrimental to the trail. Yeah. Then drainage issues. I mean, there's all sorts of things can happen up here, you know? Yeah. From a management standpoint, it's real tough when people start making their own routes, you know, and, and on the flip side of that, it's important again, people, and they have, the people have access to what is an open trail and what isn't, you know, I think that's an important piece that the community needs to take responsibility for is just like, we need to educate and know, know where we're wheeling at, you know, like to your point, Eric, if you come up, on a trail, say here in Moab and your rig isn't capable of, of making that obstacle. I mean, there's consequences to that and you should know, you know, you should know before you go, you should ride yeah. with somebody or, you know, go scout it out, you know, go walk up there. Like, I, I always think that's funny that no one goes to scout or not. Nobody, I should say that, but, but new people to off road. Oh, we're big into that. <laughs> tend to not scout their lines. Well, Right. look at it they kind of just drive up to it you know and that's again that's a, a easy thing to correct and that people people should be aware of you know and, sure and we talk yeah. a lot about that yeah and there's no i mean there's no shame and that's a big thing that people got have to understand when they're off-roading is that like no what you're one thing into. there's no there's no shame yeah. in walking at first right and if you can't see a line or you no. don't have a spotter that can get you through there's also no shame in turning around and going back right you're still out there right, having absolutely. fun dude yeah. you're having a good day Absolutely. Having a better day probably because you didn't get stuck. You, you don't have everybody waiting on you. Sure. You know, not you know, breaking you know, your rig. Yeah, yeah. Not breaking your rig. Well, we, we grew up doing a lot of whitewater stuff and you know, that's, if you don't scout, 
the, the decision yeah. is made for you in real time and, yeah, exactly. and there are consequences. Yes. It's not like you can just get right up on it and go, eh, I don't think that's a good idea. You really have to like be more careful. Yeah. With moving water. For yeah. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Respect the water or, or it will uh, show you what. Who's yeah. Boss. But I mean, that's the, that's the same. same deal out in, in Utah. Well, and places on the East coast too. There, there are real, real live consequences gravity yeah gravity and like gravity it's the law I there's momentum. there's gnarly stuff in in moab that you you you'd pick the wrong line and you could go over into a ravine you know like straight up yeah you could die yeah you could please you know, don't people, yeah. it's that's no joke and people should know what they're getting into and especially you get a you know you get a brand new rubicon on 35s and you take it out there and you've never been never been out there before right but they told no, me it was unstoppable anywhere. Really? I'm saying it could be anywhere. Really? Yeah. Yeah. yeah but, uh, so Evan real quick. Uh, so how did you end up working for tread lately? Where, where did you, how did you come into that area and that, that a, job? That's a good question. So, you know, I grew up here in Northern Utah. My dad was a mechanic on fighter jets and stuff and he worked, spent his career working on jets up here at Hill air force base is a big depot. I think the biggest depot in the country, um, Air Force Depot, you know, so we, anyway, we grew up here. He's always a mechanically kind of guy. And we were, we were just into hunting and fishing and being outside and camping and kind of having a family, having the family with us. So with that, you kind of got to have a vehicle to go there. Right. So we always had, I remember we had an old scout yeah. that we drove yeah. around and wheeled around a bunch when I was just a kid. And then, uh, you know, dad bought a, you know, a first gen, Cherokee I think it was a Wagoneer nice um you know like a red one and I remember we drove it like all over drove to Minnesota and he drove it all over the place man it's kind of left an impression on me you know and hunting too we we are always we had dogs you can hear my dogs out here barking at whatever they're barking at but we always had dogs you know bird dogs so we'd be taking our dogs someplace and you know having a jeep was a big big part of our lives you know and it wasn't until a lot later when like we had a full size truck, we kind of always had a Jeep, right. you know? So it was, so that was a big, a big piece of us just getting around. And I really didn't really think of myself as a, as an off-roader until later in life. I kind of was thought of myself more as kind of a hiker, hunter, backpacker, fisher kind of guy. Hey, you can be all those things. You know, but then later <laughs> I realized like, well, man, you know, you have to be prepared. Right. And I, you know, yeah. I want to be prepared. I'm just that kind of guy. And we, I go to remote places too all the time. So there's not someone just going to come bail you out. So, you know, it's important that you had some stuff in your rig that could, you could get out of a sticky situation, you know? Yeah, and, sure. So that's how I got into it. Uh, just into the off-road world, you know, um, as far as tread lightly goes, I was in college and I went to Weber state university here in Ogden, Utah, wildcats. What up? Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, anyway, I, I was, uh, I was talking about, you know, just outdoor recreation in a PR competition thing that I had going on and I was all dressed up and I talked about it. And after me, like, I think in my next class, so I had this like presentation, right. And I go to my next class and there was two ladies in there talking about tread, tread lightly. Right. And I'm like, Oh, this is interesting. You know, and I was like in right. a suit and stuff, <laughs> like all dressed up from the previous thing. And so after the class, I was like, hey, I need a, you know, I need an internship and started talking to them. And they were, you know, they were real excited. And I kind of learned more about what they, what Tread Lightly was, you know, and I, and we always had a real strong outdoor ethic, right? Like a lot of what Scott was talking about, like, 
you know, my dad and just all of our uncles and hunting buddies, like they were always giving yeah. back somehow. We're all, you know, working on trail stuff, you know, fixing signs and helping farmers with stuff. I think that's part of the community. That's part of, part yeah. of the beauty of the off-road community and how much they really do. We can talk about that a little bit later, but, um, you know, it was really cool to have, have the opportunity to talk to, to Jerrica and, and she, she still works for us today too, Jerrica. And yep, I know Jerrica. Yeah. 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 And so she was an intern at the time I came in as an intern and, um, you know, kind of on the communication side. And I think kind of my personality fit more, more for stewardship and kind of our partnership development and kind of our, our maybe government relations to a certain degree. And so I've kind of found a workspace there for tread lightly and affecting our, our public land access projects nationwide, you know, and I, I work to manage some of our, our regional partnerships with government agencies like the Forest Service and the Bureau of Land Management. So I mostly work in Region 4, which is like Nevada, Utah, um, Wyoming, Colorado, Region 2, Arizona. Yeah. What's that? Colorado. Yeah, Colorado. I do yeah. Colorado Region. That's Region 2. So I, I basically did 2, 4, and 3 if you were to look at like a Forest Service map, how they break down the country. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I manage those those relationships that we have with the with the agencies, and they're vital. You know, and the, there's great people there working for the agency. They, I think they sometimes get a bad rap, but you know, there's awesome people that are there, and, and you know, really care about about public land recreation at whole and what mixed use is, and and they see the input from the motorized community and how much they give back. You know, and um, I think they are very grateful for those opportunities. You know, and for companies like like Quadratech and, and yeah. other companies within the industry who care about public lands and what that really means and understand their customers and where they, where they're going to go with those products. And um, it's really cool to have those. And that, that's why those partnerships are so important, right? That we, we work with the government agencies and understand kind of how the public land systems work, you know, and not rely on the, and on say the Bureau of Land Management F- Moab field office, I guess we're picking on Moab tonight. <laughs> but, yeah, not picking on it. It's know, one of the, it's one of my favorite places in the country. I, I but still haven't is, been there. Awesome. So, yeah. <laughs> I was just talking to those guys this, today too. And, I had, you know, I had some you know, Moab phone those calls. You're awesome. I love those guys. If they're listening, you know, you guys are my boat buddies, <laughs> yeah. but um, you know, it's, it's not right. And the community shouldn't think that it's their their job just to manage off-road trails like they have a whole network of recreational opportunities that they have to manage and sure. it's our job as the community to take care of those well, places and that goes to your point earlier scott about picking up your campsite you know and making sure your rig is ready and understanding what kind of trails you're going to ride on you know and understanding your impact on on sensitive areas i think i think um, even one step beyond that i think i think that we need to especially if we care about you know, a sustainable use of these off-road environments and, and especially if it's mixed use land and thing, it doesn't matter if it was your trash. I mean, when I, when we go out in the woods, yeah, it doesn't matter. we have yeah. a roll of contractor bags that lives under one of my seats and, and we take, you know, if we see stuff that's not where it's supposed to be. Yeah. You know what? Maybe I don't want to pick it up maybe because of COVID or whatever, but as I long have, as they have historical beer cans, right, right Evan? Right. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <No>. yeah. <laughs> right. If they're if they're you the know, pull tab, a... the pull tab ones that come off, yeah. you gotta leave those. But it's fifty years, so you gotta yeah. think about that. It's like the seventies, right? Sure. Seventies. Sure. I mean so we grew I think we grew old. up I mean, walking. I don't know. Is that that old? I don't know. <laughs> we grew up walking anymore. in rivers that still had those in the bottom of them when we were in Tennessee. So right. but but I think like if everybody takes that step, if you know, like go out 
go out with a plan in your mind to take back more than you, yeah. you know, left there. Yes. Like, you know, it's, if yes. you, if you generated X amount of trash, bring back double that amount, you know, and that's, and you're, you're sort of offsetting at least one person who's irresponsible each time, maybe more than that. If you have yeah. the room, you know, there's always, if, if you, you know, even, you know, for our local folks, like, you know, like Jeep life podcast, people from the Northeast, if you go to anthracite or you go to, you know, Roush Creek, it's not as much of a problem at Roush, but, AOAA, there's trash that's been back there for a long time. Yeah. And and if you just take a bag of trash out there, no one is going to get mad at you for putting that in the dumpster in the parking area. You know, like if you right. if you bring exactly. a you know a bunch of stuff out of there that shouldn't have been there in the first place, that's that's just a great thing to do. And it it you know, we do we do trail cleanup days with Quadratech. Yeah. But like if you do it a little bit at a time and everybody does it, the trail cleanup days can be more impactful and we can yeah. pull things like you know, huge dumpsters full of tires out of the woods, but but then that's a huge thing yeah. right there where you just hit on a, on a really big thing that I think a lot of people don't think about is that like, dude, you, you see, you see like a broken taillight chunk on the side of the trail. Dude, it takes you no time to just reach down and pick that up and throw it in a trash bag that's in your Jeep, right? Mm -hmm. But like that compounds, dude, because you're doing it. People that are on the trail ride with you see you doing, they're like, shit, man, I never thought to do that. Yeah. And then they start doing exactly. it and then they, it just spreads like that. And right. And it's, Yep. It's an easy thing to do. I don't like looking at that trash when I'm out on the trail, right? So it's super easy to just throw it in the back of the Jeep and and throw it out when you get home or back when you get to the trailhead. Um and it makes a it 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 makes a big difference. It doesn't seem like it does because you're only bringing out one trash bag at a time, sure. but it does make a huge difference. I keep finding live good. shotgun shells in the woods. I found four this year. 3 of them in West Virginia and one of them in Pennsylvania. Just shells that somebody dropped. They probably, you know, botched a reload and left it there it fell out of their pocket or whatever but right. i keep finding them and most people would leave those be but i just i can't you know i can't think you know somebody maybe like drops a rock on it or something you know something could happen and who the hell are these people that are dragging like full-on toilets out in the middle of the woods no that's idea. what i'd like to know oh my weird. gosh i would also like to know i'm not too long ago i'm serious there was like an old tube tv that was like two miles up this trail you know, when I was hiking up there with my dog in the summertime. Right. And I was, and then, you know, someone shot it. Obviously, who knows? It was per people who took it up there. But I just thought, what kind of effort was that to get right. it up there? If you just saw the vertical of it, you'd be like, how? Why? 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 <laughs> I mean, not even how. Why? Why would you do why? that? That's like, yeah. what is the freaking point? So, I mean, did yeah, you kick man, it out I of a helicopter? I, that makes sense. But the shotgun shell thing, too, man. I feel like I'm always picking up bags of shotgun shells, you know, and, it's, I don't know. That's a thing I get a lot of, though, at least sure. around here along the Wasatch Front. Uh, you know, people shooting clays. It seems like they're just hanging out with their family and, and stuff, and that's cool. You know? Yeah, but, but those cost money. When you're done, how take hard that shit is with that? You. Yeah. Use, them, use them or take them home with you or, you know. Well, you know, when I go duck hunting here sometimes, out here where I live is, you know, a famous place to go duck hunting and bird hunting. All right, I'll be out um, next and, season. You know, you take your boats out there, and I mean, I rarely see a pile of, of shells out there you know in the wetland areas because those those guys care about the resource you know when they pick up the they, they pick up their shells when they're done shooting that's yeah, basically right it. yeah but that's I mean, easy but but 2020 has and and this covid thing uh has brought on a lot of people and i, I think scott alluded to it earlier um that all the yeah. outdoor recreation spaces are getting overloaded and the, and that's not to yeah. say like like here's the thing like I love hiking. I love backpacking and I love that stuff. And I like the wilderness and being around less people. So sure. I, but I'm not saying that I don't want those people there. Right. Because no, I yeah, want everyone exactly, to yes. enjoy that same stuff that I do. 
Um, it's just mm-hmm. it's getting overloaded. These the national parks, sure, um, and the national like scenic trails and stuff are just getting overloaded with people. Which like you know some of them are newer people that don't quite understand the gig, and they're not yeah. packing out their trash or they're leaving toilet paper on the side of the trail. And it's it goes the same with motorized recreation and jeep trails and stuff. There's more people doing seeking that type of adventure because they're not going down to the shore and the boardwalk and doing that stuff. So. So how, yeah. so Evan, how, how do we go about, I don't know how to phrase this, but like, how do we go about like helping those people understand how to do it? How can we as Jeepers, when we're out on the trail and we see people that are new to it and they're kind of like making and, a yeah. campfire. And I heard this on right another, I heard this on yeah. a hiking podcast today, dude, Yeah. every one of us listening right now and sitting here has done dumb shit when they first started, right? You're, for you you sure. work for Tread Lightly. Everyone. You know what to do now, right? But at some, at one point, right. you went out in the woods and you did something that you would never do today, right? So, 100%. So how do we 100%. get these people that are like us when we first got there to understand yeah. the, the, the further on and, and like, hey, like, how, how can we do that as a Jeeper? How can we do that? Sure. That's, that's a great question, man. Uh, it's a heavy question, really. Right, it's I think, tough. It's I think tough. The, yeah, the best, the best thing, and I know for me, what what really helped um, was kind of being invited into the community with people who who care about that, you know. And that could be through a Jeep club or through a Facebook group or just through meeting somebody on the trail and being, you know, smiling at them. Like that always annoys me. <laughs> it's like we pa- I pass all these people hiking or fishing or especially the hunter guys, but, but they never smile. They're like, right. give you a scally look, you know? And right. Well, we were smile. raised, we were raised. My dad has said, you're, you're hiking on a trail and it goes the same with riding on a, in a Jeep and someone's same. coming the opposite way. You say hi and you wave and you see how their day's doing. Like you're, you're yeah. friendly and you talk to them. You don't sure. just walk past them ever. Right. Exactly. And so, so, you know, I think that that goes a long way to kind of have that, mentality that you're, you're willing to help people out there and um you know you're not too prideful or boastful about what you know you know right. or maybe i got like a recreational elitism kind of yeah like, humility is important you know, that sure it's right. yeah it's important to be humble and, and, and we got to rem- we, we have understand to, that growth and we got to remember that we were all in that person's shoes right well, but there's all there's yep. all there's more for me to learn there's more for you to learn i mean there's all, there's yeah. you know it's it, like, i'm pretty good ended. wow <laughs> <laughs> no but there's yeah. always you're right there's always something you can learn from yeah. somebody else you know so i would say smile people be willing to reach out you know be willing to have a a difficult conversation i guess is, right. but it doesn't have to be hostile yeah you know and then remember who remember what you're representing when you start having those conversations too. You're representing the off-road community at large, right. and that you know you should be an ambassador to that. Yeah. And so go into it thinking about those, those kind of mindsets, and that's that's kind of how I think about it, and helps me diffuse situations. And then also, you know, if I'm if I'm kind of coming in from the outside of something like a bunch of people shooting and drinking and camping or something, and it's just getting rowdy. You know, maybe, I maybe, maybe not the best time so for I, a conversation. Yeah. And yeah. so I kind of think, you know, there was an acronym I used to use when we, uh, you know, I taught our tread trainer class, which is kind of like our, our train the trainer type of education course that talks about ethics. And it's kind of, kind of designed for, I would say like, you know, kind of new people coming into outdoor recreation. We use a lot for agencies and like the scouts use it. And, um, anyhow, 
there was an ethic or not an ethic, but there was a principle in there that um, it was called C. So it was like, stop and evaluate, you know, stop first and think like, let yourself calm down, especially like if you're angry, like me, right. I get fired up, you know? <laughs> and yeah. So sometimes I got to like calm down a little bit before I go over and talk to somebody, you know? And yeah, so that's an important thing to be able to have the mindfulness to calm down. Right. And evaluate that situation too, you know, evaluate it closely, you know, and then, and then engage if you feel like those other two things are good. Yeah. Right. You that's know, a so good C, one. That, yeah. that was what the acronym was C. Not Spanish you know, for yes. Like, that's a different, yeah. a different yeah. <laughs> right. S E E. Yes. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, I mean, like there's that, a reason, you know, there's I, a reason they say yeah. fools rush in. I mean, like yeah. that's yeah yeah sure you know anyway there, there's a bunch of tactics tread lightly has a ton of educational pieces too that that are you know mostly free you can print a lot of that stuff off if you want to you can order some of the things that we produce you know to have on the trail just kind of little recreation cards and um you know those are good little pieces for takeaways for people or maybe you know maybe a hand of one on the trail or or while you guys are doing a cleanup or you know, picking up a bag of trash and they ask you what's up with it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So those little pieces are good. And, and we have some that kind of talk about every type of, of recreation that you might do and just how to implement the tread principles I talked about before. Sure. And Hey, so Evan, I know, um, I know you're running short on time, so I don't want to keep you too long, but how can, how can the listeners and, and just the, the Jeep community out there get involved with tread lightly? I know there's a membership and with that membership comes some, some benefits like discounts on brand new Jeep vehicles. Stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's a real popular one for yeah. us. Um, you know, if you're if you're a member, shed like the hundred dollar level, we have an SCA discount, so you can you can get deals on some Jeeps. And um, I definitely think you should check that out and take advantage if you guys are in the market of that. Um, also, we have a ton of just cool partner discounts from from all the people who care within the industry about public land, you know, and our members of Tread Lightly. So, and Aquatic helps us out a bunch, and you know, Casey highlights and and. BFG and I mean the list goes on and on Polaris there's there's so many check out our website and you know huge thanks to all those companies who care about public lands and want to get back and support tread lightly and what we do yeah and that's the um, website is, yeah, is treadlightly.org treadlightly.org you can yeah, sign up to be a out. member right there yeah you can be a member you know sign up for 25 bucks all that money just goes back to public land access and you know helping us do do projects that affect you know, positive change. And well, I should tell your listeners too, because I know a lot of people kind of think, well, Tread Lightly mostly is kind of West Coast because that's where all the public lands are. Um, you know, we were talking today just about kind of how we need to affect more, uh, more trail work and just more public land access and opportunities on the East. So I want you guys to know and hear it from me, you know, that I'm going to be out there a bunch this year. We're going to be doing a bunch of projects kind of up and down the, up and down the East Coast. Uh, you know, we talked about anthracite and you know, Eric and I have kind of got our plans cooking for stuff like that. Yeah, and that's I've got great some to hear. Partners involved, and you know, I'd love for for your guys' listeners to come out and be part of the be part of this these projects and be part of the community and, and help give back and you know, and we'll so, have a good time too while we're doing it. How do how do people find out about the projects that you guys are working on to be yeah, to be able know, to volunteer their time? You know, sure. So you know, it's kind of fluid, especially right now with COVID. We haven't really been posting a lot of our projects just because it's been 
strange. You right. Know, you got to keep them smaller. Restrictions yeah. and everything. Yeah. And, and, you know, they sometimes they can get real big too. So, so they have to stay within the scope of what it is we're trying to do. But, um, you know, a good way to just check the website, you know, check us out on Instagram and on social media. We're always talking about that kind of stuff. If you go to our website and go to the, the, um, stewardship tab, once I can start kind of opening up projects, I'll be posting them up there and, you guys can kind of see quarterly where we're going to be and, and you can go hang out you know, with what Evan. We're going to be doing. I mean, I've done yeah, that. I've done that exactly once and I would do it again. Yeah. <laughs> and the, another, yeah, yeah, no, right. We had a good time. Man. No, that was a great, that was a great day. And another, another <laughs> bonus. White castles, you know, I mean, yeah. it, was, it was good. Uh, <laughs> another bonus to going to treadlightly.org is that you get to see my Jeep on their page. Oh, of course. Yeah. You oh yeah. Your Jeep yeah, is that's a right. slut. Yeah. My Jeep is all over that. <laughs> all over the internet. Nice. Yeah. Oh man, it looks good too. I noticed they threw that up there. I was like, "Yeah, boys." Yeah, looks yeah, real nice. Yeah, I enjoy that. Um, yeah, but anyway, I'm a big fan of Tread Lightly. I know Scott's a big fan of Tread Lightly. Sure. Um, and and all we had the, that we had that one article that I wrote about about yeah. that, and Evan contributed to it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. there's and, yeah. and everybody that's involved with the Jeep Life podcast, including the uh, executive board, they're big fans of Tread Lightly, and they they want to they want to help out and they want to get the word out and and. Again, man, if if you just have a few minutes, you're sitting on the the toilet in the morning, and you want to flip your phone open and like flip your phone open like it's a sidekick. <laughs> yeah, huh? grab your sidekick, flip it on open. I don't know why I said that, uh, but yeah, go to treadlightly.org and start to read about it, man. It's it's a really good organization, full of really good people, and sure. they're off roaders, they're enthusiasts just like you. Um, as just you can like tell me? from Evan, well, he's yeah, got an hey, XJ. You know he's a little shorter. <laughs> What's yeah, yeah, yeah. It gets around. It gets around. <laughs> yeah, he's got hey, a, so, he's got an XJ. On, so. While we're talking about this, yeah. before I forget, yeah, before I forget, let's talk about this. Um, for all the readers or all the listeners, sorry, all the listeners out there, listen up. Um, if you guys are members of Tread Lightly, you have opportunity to apply for our stewardship grant. So that's a program that I run. Um, I'm super passionate about it. You know, I want to do cool projects where you're at. So if you got projects, yeah. get on our website. Um, the programs are going to be kicking off this summer. So we'll be looking for projects in the fall and throughout, you know, following 2022. And what is so it, what do you guys look, um, what do you guys look for in those projects? Just so they know that you're like, Hey, I've got this trail that I want to clean up like sure. that kind of thing or. Yep. Yep. It can be, it can be something as simple as just you and your club or your friends want to go clean up a, a trail that you guys love. It could be something big. Like you want to, you know, say build a bridge across the river to access more opportunities with the with the forest service um whatever level i'm down you know probably on the smaller side is, is more realistic you know so if you need resources to, to help affect change in your public lands you need some signage you need some personal protection gear for your for your volunteers or for your club or for your friends yeah um that's what those clubs are designed to do you know or that i'm sorry that's what those those grants are designed to do and and I'd love to see your guys' submissions and and uh, have an opportunity to help out in your local place. Yeah, I think we'll definitely do something like that. But hey, uh, Evan, I hear your dogs are they're hungry for dinner. I can tell. I can tell that bark. That's a, that's an Sorry, anxious man. bark. No, you're no, good, dude. You're fine. <laughs> <laughs> mine's only mine's just asleep because we're two hours later here on the East Coast. That's all. Um, but thank you so much well, for your time, well, dude. I'll tell you, there's. Go ahead. Yeah, no problem. No problem. It's always good to talk to you guys, man. Um, hope to see you out here. I'm going to get out there, like I said, a bunch. So I hope I'll so. see you guys soon enough. Yeah. But Scott, you take care of my bro. I will. Yeah. And Eric, 
Good to see you, man. Great Check out you. Tread Lightly and yeah, yeah treadlightly.org and uh, and 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 you sign know, up. Yeah, sign up. Take care of the trails that you enjoy and all the recreation that you enjoy, and uh, and just be a good a good steward of the public land and of the the hobby that we all enjoy. You know, off roading in our jeeps. So yeah, thank you, Evan, and That's we'll right, uh, we'll talk again soon. This isn't the last uh, these listeners are going to hear about Tread Lightly. I, oh, promise. I hope not. Yeah, man. I hope I can be a regular guest on here. This is fun. Yeah. Next time I'll next time I'll put the dogs outside. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Evan. <laughs> all right. Have a good all night, right, man. guys. You guys have a good day. So yeah, big thanks to uh, to Evan and Tread Lightly for coming out for yeah. the uh, for the show. They're listen. I can't stress enough that you should go. I know Neil is a member of Tread Lightly. Sure. Um, I know a lot of people in in the the Jeep enthusiasts of Eastern Pennsylvania are Tread Lightly members. And if you're not, check it out. It's worth it. I, like they do a lot of good work and and apply for the grants, man, to get to help clean up. You know, if you know a trail that needs some work, yeah, that's a that's a good that's a good way to give back to the community and and let us know and we'll we'll help out too. It is, and that builds that builds goodwill. That may make more lands open in the future for us to do this with. If they see, uh, you know, how things have been handled, um, we might actually end up with more access to places that we don't know about yet because we handled things appropriately with the ones that we did have access to. Right. Every time, every time, some landowner uh, or someone that manages some land in in our area or in your area, like here, hears about off roaders giving back and and cleaning up trails and taking care of things. Uh, it just it just creates more opportunities. But Tread Lightly is a good jumping off point for that kind of stuff. Sure. And it's a great community to be a part of. Um, so with that, I say we wrap this thing up. What do you say? Yeah. Absolutely. Um, a couple things um, you can do to, to be involved with the show. You can call. Can you pull up the phone number? Is that possible? Yeah, I think I can do that. You can go to the link tree, which incidentally, one of my favorite things is listening to Billy try to explain link tree to people. It's, it's a tree of links. It's awesome. Uh, it's a landing page, guys. It's all you got to say is it's a landing page with all our links. That's all you got to say. I'm gonna I'm gonna pull it up right now. Let's see how easy it actually is to do because I I have no. Is, right. is it the thirty to life link tree? The party life link tree? No. What? I don't know. I mean, it, he. I think he understated how I'm. I'm looking at link tree Jeep Life podcast. I'm trying to. Find well, you're it. just googling that. I am. I'm just saying it's in the show notes. It's on all the social media accounts of the podcast. You can oh, get to go. them there. Um, it's got all the links you need. So that's, that's the most important thing. It's got all the information. You phone need. numbers. Yeah. Where, where can they find us? So that's what I'm asking is, do you, do you have the phone number there? I don't. I, for the I new voicemail line? No. All I right. Don't. Well, jeeplifepodcast.com. It'll be in the show notes. Yeah, it will be in the show notes. So yes. go ahead and uh, give a call to the show. Uh, you can become a Patreon supporter and rest assured we have redirected those funds to the appropriate places. Right. So they're going. Yeah, we figured it out. They 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 went overseas into some Cayman Islands account. Right. And now they're back. We, it was it was a misunderstanding. I don't know. It could have been embezzling. It, I don't know. It might have been. I, like, but who are we to judge? Uh, but anyway, so go sign up and support the show uh, in any way you can. Um, but uh, one really good way to support the show is to review it on however you listen to podcasts. If it's Spotify, if it's Apple Podcasts, anything sure. like that. Go if you and, enjoyed our little prank or you didn't listen, yeah. if you didn't like our little prank, then that's fine. Leave a five star review and say why you didn't like it. Yeah, that's fine. I can do. I have thick skin. I can take sure. It. Um, but so, yeah, so do that. Um, and send support, you know, support the support, the show that's giving you this content. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a Patreon supporter. Yeah. You know, I will be. Yeah. I'm actually going to be helping them with some content for that too. Yeah. So very cool. So, uh, so anyway, Anything else you want to you wanna end on here? No, I think that's it. I think we just about wrapped it up. Yeah. Um, 
Jeep wave. What does Terry wave. always end with? Big Jeep wave to, to you? Jeep wave to the Jeep life. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. He's so friendly. I like it. Just the words just roll right out of there. Yeah. And we're, you know, anyway, it's been, it's been a pleasure for, uh, yeah. for us getting to, uh, to host the show tonight. I hope you guys enjoyed it. If you didn't, feel free to let Terry know. Yeah. And, uh, and we won't ever come back. Um, but, <laughs> you know, where our feelings will be hurt, I promise you that. Yes. Um, but yeah, so anyway, thank you. And uh, that's what he says. A big Jeep wave to you. That is. That sounds right. I think that's I like what, it. I think, I think that's, that's how it. Or that's what it is now. And good night. And good night, sir. Hey, Terry. Hey, Terry. How's it going? Good. How are we doing? Good, man. We just um, we just got done recording the podcast. It went awesome. It went pretty well. Yeah. It, yeah, I don't... Um, Here's the thing, bud. I think we're going to start our own competing podcast. We're, we're, pretty, <laughs> we're pretty good at it. Super good at this podcasting thing, dude. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> it's, like, it's like one of us has had a lot of practice or something. So we had we had a couple we had a couple questions about the uh, about the outro uh, at the end of the episode. Um, we're not clear on what we're exactly we're supposed to do. Like, are we? Um, do we? Is I mean, is it? Do you have a script for this? We did. We did notice. We tried to look up your Verbo account that that Billy alluded to last time. Um, Eric thinks he found it, but, but is it is is it a vacation home you guys are renting out? Because that's what Verbo is. Vacation rentals by owner. What's Verbo? Exactly. I don't even know what that is. I've heard of it. It's like it's like um it's like Airbnb. I think he's I think he's renting out your house, bud. <laughs> that would explain the two strangers that are sitting on my couch right now. Uh, damn it, Billy. He's gonna have to get the pink helmet now for sure. Yeah. <laughs> we found found we discovered something about the pink helmet tonight. Terry, and I can't wait for you to hear this podcast. I can't wait. I can't wait. Um, so what else did you did you? All right, I'm gonna stop recording now, Terry. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs>